Hey guys, just a quick PSA before the episode begins. Um, we had some technical issues today. Uh, the audio stopped recording for some reason, so I, I couldn't really recover anything. So all of the audio that you're going to hear is coming directly from the camera, so it's not going to be as good as it normally is or as good as this sounds. Um, also, the video camera stopped recording uh, like three quarters of the way through the episode, so it's enough to post, but it is going to end abruptly for no reason. So just be aware of that. And we do apologize for the technical issues. Hopefully next week everything's going to get back on track and it'll be better. So um, again, sorry about that, and hopefully you can still enjoy the episode. So, want to want to just start the show fresh? No show before the show. No show before the show. No. <laughs> I don't even like that that's been recorded. It's <laughs> not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It is what it is. What are we drinking? This, this was your idea. Well, we should probably say, welcome to the Sip and Rip It podcast, guys. My name is Nathan. My always. name is Zach. And uh, we're uh, not doing a show before the show today. <laughs> no show before the show. Uh, you've already finished most of yours, but we're drinking uh, an old-fashioned as usual, but... We got some caramel crown, some chocolate bitters, and a little uh, the Bradford cherry. Is that what you said? No, they're just the Woodford Woodford and cherries. Yeah, they're good. It is fantastic. I love it. He likes it less than I do. Uh, it's a great mixed drink. It just wasn't it wasn't enough. I guess because it's Canadian whiskey, it wasn't wasn't whiskey enough for me. Yeah, but it's a great drink. I mean, hell, like you said, I've almost yeah, I've almost finished it. So. Almost killed it. Good. Well. I don't mind it at all. Um, you can uh, rate us five stars on whatever you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. You can find me at Coleman underscore Barbell and him at Nathan Skedios. And this is our first show in like three weeks. So if we sound rusty, it's because we're <laughs> already half drunk and we haven't done a show in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We've been away. And I feel bad because um, Braxton has been posting memes like the, the past Three weeks. Did he didn't post one this week because I didn't post. I felt bad because I like if I post that we're not posting an episode, he's gonna make another meme. And it's gonna make me feel bad. I'm, like, I'm just not gonna. And I know we're gonna get back on track next week, so we're just gonna slide on through this week and and make it to Sunday, and it'll be all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, it's just a lot of life changes there's, for everybody. There's no. Uh, there should be no impediments keeping us from doing a show for the rest of the year. So yeah, not Knock on wood, yeah. We're we're here for now. We're here for now. <laughs> so um, we already so, talked about uh, drinks. Yeah, we, we might as well get into uh, why we missed and what yeah. we're talking about today. Um, so uh, PR songs, you got some? Yeah, I actually I, have some. I have like ten. So Pick three. <laughs> I'm not gonna do ten, I promise. But uh, I'm just gonna go with two, or unless you have three picked. Um, I have three picks, but... And then I'll pick. I'll do three. So... You got ten, so I mean, three's okay. Right? Yeah. Three three is perfectly fine. So, this is... And this is something we'll get talking about later. But, I picked this song because... First of all, it's fucking awesome and I love it. Second of all, because I used it for my recap reel. And it's Kill Thy Enemies by Machine Head. And that song goes fucking hard. Like, especially for Machine Head. I... I don't know. Just something you just have to listen to it. It's really good. I got goofy shit today. Um <laughs> I have uh first one's up is uh Scavengers by Thrice. Um I really, really like the song. I really, really like the content. Um it's really dark. 
content-wise. The music's not super dark. But uh, this is something I honestly, honestly, I find myself listening to this when I'm warming up. I don't typically listen to it when I'm lifting because it's not a heavy song. But uh, but it is still something to get it you It is gym-appropriate, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, super, super good. I actually listen to the acoustic version, but the, the regular full-length version of the song is fine, too. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, Scavengers by Thrice. It's awesome. Fucking listen to it. And I'm going to go with a little bit of an old one, but I was listening to it during prep and it got me pretty amped up. I can't remember what I was doing that day, but it might have been deadlifts. But I was pretty, pretty amped up for uh, A New Level by Pantera. I'm pretty sure like every oh, yeah. metalhead ever knows that song, but man, it just goes fucking hard. Like <laughs> Pantera did it for you sometimes. <laughs> it does. It does it for me a pretty good bit of the time. Um, so a little bit more uh, in the vein, I'll leave, leave my other goofy one for last. Another, go- uh, uh, another good one in the same vein as what we're used to is um, uh, Devin Shedeker's, Shedeker, Shedeker from the Acacia Strain, his, his new death metal band, Grime Reaper, yeah. has a song called uh, Universal Exsanguination. Exsanguination? I don't know what that means. But uh, it's a fucking good song. Listen to it. <laughs> it's way different than the Acacia Strain. It's definitely more uh, normal American death metal than it is deathcore or anything mm. like that. So fucking good. Goes hard. Grime Reaper, though, is the name of the band. Uh, my last one. Do you know who Archfire is? Yeah. So Golden Mouth of Ruin by Archfire. You posted them on a story, didn't you, recently? I think I did, yeah. Because it's a... Uh, it's got it, a crazy vocal break in it. Yes, it yeah. does. It has a lot of crazy vocal breaks. Um, but it reminds me a lot of Cephalic Carnage when I was growing up listening to them. That's instant when I heard this song, I was like, This is this sounds like Cephalic Carnage. Uh, I think was it Xenosapien? Was that that? Yeah. That's the album that I remember. And it sounds just like that. So that's why I was like, damn, that's pretty good. That shit's awesome. Um my last one. Very much not in the vein of what we normally listen to, <laughs> but it's Gum Shield by Don Broco. And uh, it's this weird. I, I found them because uh, the vocalist for this band uh, does a feature on a uh, Dance Gavin dance song. And uh, anyway, uh, it's this weird. They're heavy. It's definitely like, listen, it definitely is something to be listened to by people that listen to things like we do. But it's strangely. New metally and kind of poppy at the same time, and it's just really bouncy and fun feeling. It's really fucking dumb lyrics, but it's like <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, it kind of reminds me if uh, if Rage Against the Machine like got their head out of their ass and stopped talking about politics. That's probably what that's <laughs> <telling me. laughs> that's but it's very much like in that vein, but like newer and. You don't have to hear Tom Morello do weird scratchy shows to get done. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I think a lot of people like that about Raging Against the Machine. Though. Or you don't have to hear Zach De La Roca make those weird noises that he makes. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair too. I feel like, I love Raging Against the Machine, but my problem with them is I feel like that's exactly how he would talk to you. <laughs> 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 like, I don't feel like he would just talk. I feel right. like he would... He would kind of like shout at you the whole yeah, time he's talking. Like he does. <laughs> and that real whiny... You know, trust fund Democrat voice. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> I... <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. so. It would be really off-putting to have a conversation with him like that, probably. I think I'd just walk away. I don't think I'd have a conversation with him. If he if he was coming at me like that instant, I'd be like, yo, dude, I'm good. I'm going this way. Go the other way. I didn't know until I watched the uh, 
Wu-Tang Clan biopic that uh, they went on tour together, like, really? in the 90s, which would have been really fucking cool to see. Yeah. But, yeah. The more you know. The more you know, yeah. And what'd you do in the gym today? Today was a rest day. Today was um, rest day. This week. Yeah, you are programming my off-season. That's what he wanted me to say. Ready, <laughs> ready for me to tell y'all who was programming nah. my off-season. Um, but yeah, um, I just had, I've had a hard time past couple weeks. I had a back to back to back events, uh, mm-hmm. to back really. I almost had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesday before my baby got here, it was actually Halloween. I think was it Halloween? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would, would have been Halloween. Um, Tuesday before the baby gets here, I'm doing back squats, perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with the squats themselves. Nothing wrong with me. Uh, at the end of my last set. My heart rate jumps up to like 200, and it stayed like that for 45 minutes, and I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, get to the hospital, uh, find out that it was because of dehydration. <laughs> after which, we preach hydration. We, yeah, we <laughs> preach hydration all the time, and this is the second major life event I've had that was due to dehydration, so apparently I could practice what I preach. Um, but basically, my heart just got stuck in in a rhythm. Yeah. Uh, my heart's fine. Didn't have a heart attack. No, no damage to my heart whatsoever. Um, apparently, you can reset your vagus nerve by bracing hard for a squat. And I did that, and it set it to full speed. And then it didn't come down until the doctor in the hospital was like, hey, why don't you go ahead and brace for me like you're bracing for a squat? I braced again, immediately went down from 205 to like 120. Like, so, That's crazy. So if you're dehydrated... <laughs> You can fuck up your heart's rhythm um, <laughs> when you're squatting. Uh, and then I went into that um, immediately into a pretty bad upper respiratory infection. That sucked really bad. Mm-hmm. I was very sick for that. Um, and then I had a baby. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a baby. Sandy had a baby. But uh, we had a baby, and uh, so I'm very, very happy about But. Got the baby home from the hospital. Me and Sandy both came down with extreme food poisoning that we got from something we ate at the hospital. Shit my guts up for three or four days. And then the day I started getting better is the day I started Nathan's off-season programming. And it was it was a chore. That's the only thing I have to say. And it's been a chore all week just because uh, because of that. I'm not very strong right now. I lost like I lost 17 pounds in a weekend, basically. Yeah. So, um it and was dog shit. Got my got my ass handed to me. So I went from being before I started this off season programming, I probably went from being the strongest I've been in my life to um feel like feel a lot like I'm starting over right yeah. now. So my upper body strength went from I probably had a four hundred pound press. I mean I, I hit three sixty five close grip for a triple. So mm-hmm. I mean I went from from that to you know, barely moving any weight at all. So yeah. I mean feel like I started over. So um, but we survived the week, and it was a good, productive week, and we're looking forward to the future. My three weeks have been a little less eventful. I think the only thing that really happened was the meet. Everything else has been pretty normal. I went back to work. Um, did have noticed some potentially uh, blood sugar-related issues just because I've been getting really bad shaky if I don't eat my carbs on time. so. Might be hypoglycemic, don't know yet. We'll find out when I get my blood work done. And uh, <coughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, first week back lifting was this week. And it wasn't too bad, but I did feel pretty weak, just in general. 
you know, coming off of everything on top of going into like high volume stuff, overshooting a little bit um, just because I wasn't prepared for the dramatic drop that happened. But uh, we'll be going to get our blood work done soon, hopefully get a prescription for TRT and go from there. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think you've heard me say it, but the TRT dosage has been um, a combined with all the ancillary medicines that they give you with it Mm -hmm. um, has been just as effective, if not more than a performance enhancing dose with me. And it may just be that because my blood works correct now. Yeah. Um, But I I do plan on, I don't know about you, but I do plan on starting a performance enhancing dose uh, sometime before I compete again, which looks like it may be at Ultimate Warrior Mm -hmm. Birmingham next year. So, um, which is a lot sooner than it seems because it's what is it an April or May show? It's and, the end uh, of April. End of April. So, um, you know, if you look at it like I do, that gives us about twenty weeks to prep uh, from nothing. If I was starting from prep like I was a couple of weeks ago, I would say I can go total seventeen hundred pounds, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm looking, <laughs> looking like fifteen might be a chore, but it is what it is. I don't think fifteen will be a chore. I think once we get back into the a normal routine you get your uh body weight back up and it won't be a thing maybe not but we'll i also know and this is kind of leaning into what we're going to talk about from my last prep there's a big difference between what what you can do in the gym and what you can do on meat day yeah and you know we've talked about before adrenaline stuff goes into it and how fatigue's been managed and joe did a good job mm-hmm. of that for you i think yeah. and uh um we discussed privately you know things we like and things we didn't like mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, that's why we do it. And, you know, you learn, you learn from it and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference. And, you know, just we were talking about it with me and learning how to program people that are more talented, or I shouldn't say more talented, but further down the road in powerlifting. People with 1,500 plus pound pro, uh, totals are a lot harder to plan for and program for than people that are starting off their couch and you're trying to get them to a 1,200 pound total. Yeah. Um, much much different ball game taking somebody from fifteen to two thousand than it is from twelve to fifteen. Yeah, way fucking different ball mm-hmm. game. And uh, you know we've we've watched some other coaches do it and we're scratching our head and wondering why they did what they did. We were kind of mm-hmm. talking about that. Some meat recaps <laughs> posted up uh, this week, but it takes a special type of person to know how to program somebody that is elite or up. Yeah. Um, it's a lot harder to make somebody that's already great better. better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one, one thing we, we noticed, uh, with, uh, Dan Grigsby, um, going into the American pro, like his squat just like jumped like several hundred pounds yeah. seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was all because he got with, uh, Casey yeah, from yeah. what, where's formulated from? strength? I think it's formulated yeah. strength. Uh, and it was just like crazy and his bench went up too. Um, so he, he had a really, now, some of that to his own admission is because he doesn't have to keep up. He's done with the Marine Corps, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have to keep up with the running standards and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so he can focus solely on strength at this point. Yeah. Um, but still, the the amount of strength that he gained in a short period of time is very impressive. Well, you know, you're having to – your lower body volume is being eaten up by the fact that you have to uh, maintain the ability to run three miles because mm-hmm. you're in the Marine Corps. Um and he's a 275 pound, 242 or 275, depending on where he competes. He's a pretty heavy athlete. That's going to eat up your ankles and knees and shit like that. Yeah. And that's, it's going to make it hard to progress the squat mm-hmm. when you have to keep that standard up. I mean, when you're at a bad elite of a level, a level mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's pretty wild because the guy went from having a 600 pound squat to having an 800 pound squat. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Overnight. And even more wild that he didn't hit it, didn't hit but one deadlift, which is yeah. Well, um, all of his deadlifts were soft locks. I, th- I think it was so- it was a soft lock, and I think did the, I think the third one fell out of his hands. But I can't remember. I mean, Hard to believe anything falling out of that man's hands, but God, he's got big hands and big forearms. He does. He looks like um, a gorilla. <laughs> it goes back to I'm not necessarily rooting against John Hack. I'm just waiting to see if somebody can fucking do it. And if if Dan Grisby can't do it with an 1,100 pound deadlift, I don't know if anyone. Can. I don't know that it can be done. Yeah, especially now that he's got an 800 pound squat. You know what I mean? Like if he cuts I down mean, to 242. Yeah, does work, what happens to that squat and that deadlift then? You know, I mean, I guess yeah. he's pulled eleven hundred at close. He's pulled over a thousand at two forty two mm-hmm. before, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he sacrifices some deadlift. That's one national title like, I'll never see, or national record. <laughs> heaviest opener of all time this past yeah. one. So, kind of fucking nuts. Um, I'm not necessarily rooting against the guy, but I was. I mean, I was very much rooting for Juwan who came in second. Did he not come yeah, in second? Yeah, he came in second. Um, I think it was. I think it actually was John Hack, Juwan, and Dan Griggs yeah. for the top three. If Juwan and Dan can't beat him, kind of hard to say who can. Juwan's a lot, the lightest mm-hmm. of the three, right? He was at so, one eighty-one. So and he had a two thousand pound total, and he's and he came out and said that this is his last one eighty-one because he has a hard time making weight. Yeah. Um. If you ever met him, he's Built like a, he's a little bitty dude and he's built like a brick shit house. Yeah. Like I can't imagine getting to one eighty one being easy for him. Right. He's the the smallest person I've ever seen with twenty one inch arms. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's, he's fucking yoked. Um, so I can imagine it is hard for him to make one eighty one. So with him moving up a weight class, yeah, it's kind of that's kind of even more damning. Um, uh, I mean, his total will obviously. Increase because he's going to have more muscle mass on him. I'll tell you, me and Nathan did discover a problem with dots that I really, really chats my ass. We were talking about what if, what does John Hack do if John Hack moves up to two twenty? John Hack can total over twenty four hundred pounds at at two twenty and have worse dot score than he does at one ninety eight. Yeah, and that should be if the greatest powerlifter of all time can't move up a weight class because it hurts him. That shows you that there's a problem with fucking dots. Yeah. Now he's been the benefactor of it, but like, right. if he himself can't get better because it fucks up his dot score, that's a problem in the sport. Mm-hmm. That means the sport's no longer about absolute strength. Yeah, it's it's just about it's it's weighing a little bit and listen a little yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> no weight to weight ratio. It's no longer about absolute strength. It's well, about I mean, to weight. To, just moving up a single weight class, it's still fucking impressive. Yeah. Yeah, if you add 200 pounds to your total just because you go up to a weight class, you shouldn't be punished. Right. 30 points on your dots because that's asinine. Right. If he moved up to 242, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. he fucked up. But, like, it's one weight class. Like, yeah. That's a that's a problem. That's a fallacy. Yeah. It is. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we shouldn't have some type of coefficient for that because it makes sense. But, like, apparently there's way too much weight on... How, how light you are mm-hmm. and not about how much you like I said the greatest power lifter all time of all time can't move up so he can see a 2400 pound total without affecting his dot score it's a fucking flawed flawed system well I mean you can look at it and this is nothing against women's powerlifting because the women's wrapped powerlifting on the American Pro 2 was probably the most fun and most exciting part of the whole show but all of the women had had like all the top women had a better dot score. And that's I was used to that with Wilkes. Like, yeah. 
we were using Wilkes, you know. But like Christy Hawkins had yeah. a seven hundred dot score. Right. Like that's nuts. That is nuts, yeah. But like I mean, you know, the guy's got a six sixty at twenty three hundred pounds, and you're gonna tell me that if he moves up to two twenty and manages twenty four fifty that his dots are gonna drop thirty points. Right. That fucking sucks. Yeah. It sucks if it stays the same, but it especially sucks if it drops. Yeah. Know? Nobody, no other 220-pound person is going to go fucking total 2,400 pounds. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are we, what are we doing? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. As we, you know, me and you talked about that, and we put it in a dots calculator, and it's like, this fucking dots drops. Like, Yeah. I don't think it was 30 points, but it did drop. It was being dramatic, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's insane now. It's no, not, it, it's it, not, that's not fair. Like, yeah. Should it be factored in? Absolutely, it should be factored in. He needs to get credit for being lightweight. But if, like I said, if the best power lifter in the world can't move up weight class because it affects his day, mm-hmm. that's trash to me. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, going up a weight class, I mean, I guess when you think about it, going up a weight class is really, for for a professional, right, they're typically cutting anywhere between 15 and 20 pounds to make weight. Yeah. You think about it from that perspective, he's really probably weighing, if he went up to 220, he's really probably weighing like 240. It's probably big for him. Yeah. But, like... He's walking around at 220 now. What was it, like, fucking three weeks out he posted? Yeah. 217, 218, or something like that. Right. Like, you know, everybody's seen him. We know how lean the guy is after his he cut. Like, like, he's healthy. Like, he can, his his heart and his frame can handle 20 more pounds. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, just, it's just wild to me that we're going <laughs> to, we're going to keep the strongest man on the planet from being stronger because... His dot score gets worse. <laughs> I mean, and just to further that point, just uh, locally, you know, we were just talking about um, uh, Anthony Foster almost hitting 2,000 pounds on his his total for his meet. It was like 19-something. I hit 1,660, and his dots was only 20 points higher. He had 300 pounds on me and only 20 points on dots. Yeah. So... I mean, Take for that what you will. You know, that's two weight classes up. You're 242, you have 275 and the 308. So he's two weight classes up. That's not as egregious to me, though, as the, the strongest man in the world basically is in a situation he can't move up because. Right. But that, that's just kind of like right. to, yeah. to think about it in like a yeah. smaller perspective yeah. and le- less like. So it does affect people locally. Yeah. It seems like there is a need for a rebalancing. Uh, a rebalancing, or at least some meets where absolute total is what wins. Yeah. In, in, that, in that case, though, there's going to be a lot of people who are left out of that. It's going to be, like, mostly super heavyweights. Like, it's going to be 242s and up, more than likely, that are going. Talking, John Hattinger's told 2,300 pounds. He's stronger, he's stronger than most super heavyweights. But in a general. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to discourage him from going and – he's a miss – I mean – that guy's Dan Bell missing a lift away from beating him. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like – Maybe he has to miss more than one. That's fine. But, like, he's 198. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he has 2,300-pound 20, total. There's still not going to be too many people that beat him. No, that, right. I mean, that's you know true. I mean? like, that's true. So, I don't know. I kind of just have to think, what are we fucking doing? That'd be an interesting thing to talk to Ron about because Ron has gone from 165 to 181 to 198 to 220, and I think he's a 242 now. Yeah. So, he's this is a guy that's competed mm. in five weight classes. I'd be interested to see – what Ron's opinion of dots is. Yeah. I mean, cause he definitely has been in it long enough that he was competing on Wilkes. Yeah. For probably the majority of his power career. He's, he's competed on Wilkes, but 
Not saying Wilkes was any better. Right. But I just I think it's asinine that the strongest man in the world can't move up a weight class because he actually gets worse if he moves yeah. up a weight class. It is weird. Like, <laughs> it's weird to think about that. Like you, you would think the stronger you get, the more likely you are to win, but it's just not true. Not an elite level. Hmm. It's, it's a little sad. Of course, nobody's fucking. It's not like it's not like he's a bad power lifter and just happens to be lucky. He's a one ninety eight. No, right? he's a good he has guy. a nine hundred pound deadlift and a six hundred pound bench at one hundred ninety eight pounds. Right. It's like the dude, the dude's phenomenal. <laughs> you know, so it is. I mean, it is what it is. But it's just, and actually, did he not crack eight hundred on squat too? It was pretty. Eight hundred four, didn't he? I think that might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, his probably his best competition squat ever, probably. I think so. Um, I didn't. Get, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch that part because i was competing but uh it's it's just wild to me anyway are we doing your meat recap is that what we're doing yeah yeah let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. so talking about uh battle of the beasts 11 happened october 28 i don't even remember the date i should know all this shit i should have like i yeah. should just know it but so that would have messed up my timeline that means i had my heart thing a little bit before then and got sick the week of your meat because that's the yeah. reason i wasn't there to handle you so. right but it was, it was okay. It was a little weird. And I like as I posted, I wish I did have you there just because I undershot everything by like a, an RPE scale, like yeah. an RPE one. So like everything was like an eight or a nine, yeah. uh, which is which is good. But I could have added more to my total, more to my dots. It is what it is at this point. I still just to, I mean, everybody knows if they've seen the post. I won the day and I won my weight class. Um, set two state records for bench and deadlift. Bench was pretty sure deadlift. I was unsure until I actually pulled. Um, but I would like to go back and talk about prep because <laughs> prep, dude, <laughs> that's the story of this whole meat recap. So my prep was was just insane and like. So it really goes back to before I got with Joe. And I think I talked about it on the podcast already, but I was having trouble with my lower back, just like on squats, like set to eight, wrecked my lower back every time. It got to a point where I was like lying on the floor, just like this hurts so bad. Like and it would go away, but like it just constantly hurt. And I was like, if there's anybody that can fix my squat, it's going to be Joe Sullivan. So I reached out to him. We started working together. Um... Took me on some very unconventional paths, which I expected because Joe is very unconventional in his coaching methods. And that's another reason why I wanted to go with him because I was like, the things he's doing are very different and I want to kind of learn it and see what I feel like applies well and what doesn't. And so we honestly started on very lightweight squats and just kind of like building up a foundation. Took a long time of like, back and forth, trying to figure out what he wanted from me. There's a lot of different, I don't know how to word it. It was, it was just different ideas that I didn't know he wanted from me that weren't conveyed like the way I really could understand them until like several weeks in or several months in. So there was a lot of just like stuff that wasn't conveyed straightforward. Sure. And it was like stuff that I had to kind of piece together, like, is this what he wanting from me? And I'd have to ask him and I'd have random like thought bursts at work and I'd mess him. I'm like, is this what you're trying to get me to do? And he's like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do this whole time. I'm like, well, why didn't you say so? Like, if you had told me, I would have been doing that sooner. But nonetheless, um, it was it was a good prep. It was a different prep. 
um, a lot of the a lot of the leading up to the peaking uh, felt pretty good. Um, everything stayed ve- relatively light, which was really weird for me, made me really uncomfortable. And then we got to the peak, and I was like, okay, things are going to get heavy. We're going to start working with some like real numbers. Squats were always real numbers. I, I squatted my heaviest squat prior to the meet and prep. I hit 545 for a single twice. And I was really stoked about that because like squats have been the whole reason why I got with Joe in the first place. So it's like, okay, we can we can like establish that my squats have gotten better. Bench press was like always really easy. Like my bench press was the best lift throughout the entire prep. And I knew it before I even got with Joe that my bench was going to be great. And then uh, deadlift was the one where I had the most uh, most heartache, most headache, most physical ache. Um, it was it was really challenging because he was like the volume was incredibly low for deadlifts. Even for me, it was incredibly low. I wasn't sure why the weight wasn't getting to where I wanted it to. I was getting frustrated, and uh, I. I voiced my frustrations several times. I was like, I don't understand why we're doing this this way because I am very unconfident right now. And it's like, nothing's going right. Everything's feeling weird. Everything's feeling harder than it should. Uh, leading up to the meet, it was like two or three weeks out. And he had me capped at like a 545 pole or something like that, or a 495 pole, maybe. I was so mad, and I was like, this cannot be it. Like, this cannot be it. So I threw 545 on there and pulled it, and I was like, this cannot be it either. Why was this hard? I threw 585 on there, and I couldn't move it. Like, I, I got it barely off the floor, and I was like, what the hell? This should be like an like a three or four rep max yeah. at this point. So I was incredibly frustrated. And I didn't tell Joe any of these lifts happened. Like this was, <laughs> this was me in the gym fighting the barbell because I needed it mentally and I failed, which made it worse, <laughs> obviously, because you don't want to fail any lifts leading into a meet. And so I just like frustrated, yelling, screaming. I think I was the only one in the gym. So I was just like throwing a fit by myself. <laughs> And uh, just kind of like let it cool down. I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to finish the day and go home. The next week, which was two weeks out, I went in there and was, he basically said, pull up to an RP9 and call it there. And I was like, okay. I pulled 585 and moved slow. And I was like, this is not all that I have. I can do more. I need 635 mentally. Couldn't break it off the floor. And I was just like so mad because so, like this should be like an RPE eight. Like I should be able to pull this off the floor right now. Didn't happen. Deadlifts were my greatest enemy the whole prep, and a lot of it boiled down to technique changes, which were in in the end positive. Like I, I will not say that they were not good changes. They just made me feel weaker. It was different. So trying to rewrap my brain around pulling a different way on top of the lack of practice because I was only deadlifting once a week, which is fine, but I was only deadlifting once a week and those sets and rep ranges were vastly different. 
and I had no idea what to expect. And a lot of times it was a couple sets of three or four. Yeah. So I felt like practice didn't happen enough, especially when learning a new skill, right? Okay. So that was my biggest issue uh, going in. And at that point, when I couldn't pull that 635, I got so mad. And this has happened to me before, but it's kind of like something snaps and I just don't care anymore. And I was like, whatever happens, happens. This is just, I don't care. Like, I, I have no more energy to put into this. I just, I, I don't care if I go out there and I bomb out on squats and I leave. I, I don't care anymore. And I went in for my, it was like a Monday workout. It was a pump day. Didn't put a lot of effort into it because he told me, don't put any effort in this. Just go in there, do some work, go home. Okay, whatever. Wednesday rolls around and it's like two plates on squats, two plates on bench, three plates on deadlift. Maybe might have been two plates on that. I don't remember. It was a bunch of light shit. And squats hurt my knees so bad I couldn't stand it. And it hurt to move and like everything was like bad. Even bench press was okay. Bench press has never been an issue this whole prep deadlift my knees hurt everything felt so bad and i was just like i went from complaining that i couldn't pull 635 to i don't know if i can pull three plates like everything <laughs> hurt so bad and i talked to i might have talked to you and ended up going to the chiropractor and like got adjusted and that i was talking to the chiropractor and i was like my knees are so bad right now everything hurts and i explained her what was going on she said well we have this, um, I forget what it was called, some sort of, it was like sonic therapy or something like that, sound wave therapy. And she's like, I'm, you should go in there and get, you to get it done on your knees because if it's a lot of inflammation, then that's going to eliminate some and it's going to be centralized so it, it'll be all around your knees. So everything around your knees will be okay in a few days. So that sounds great. So I went over there, got that done. She said, your knees might hurt for a little while, whatever. My knees never hurt. Like I put some ice on them or ice packs because they recommended it. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I was like, whatever, if you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it sure. just to get through it. So did that. And, uh, funny enough, no knee pain at all. When it came meet day, I was like, man, my knees feel great. Like this is legit. So shout out to, uh, uh, Alabama line. <laughs> if you need, if you have some knee issues, go down there and talk to them because they can do that sound wave therapy. That's where I get to my elbows. That's that's where I go. That's, that's good shit. Yeah. Good so definitely, definitely go there if you have any sort of inflammation issues um, in any joints. Because and just in general, like their chiropractic is really good. It's not expensive, so good stuff. Uh, going into the meet, so I was. <coughs> I mentioned this before. I was really hoping you were going to be there primarily, just because I was a little bit stressed out and I needed that extra push in the back room. Um, unfortunately you couldn't make it. So I was like, well, we're going to kind of figure it out as we go. I didn't <laughs> had attempt selections from Joe. I didn't have a warm up plan. I was kind of like confused and fucked up all day <laughs> trying to figure out my warm ups, And I just kind of like, people were asking me, what do you want next? And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't do kilo plates that often. Only when I compete, do I do kilo plates? So we were just kind of, I was kind of like, just throw this on there and, you know, just kind of like winging it. The whole warm up, every warm up I did was winging it until deadlifts when they got me the sheet. And I was like, 
God damn, if I had had this the whole time, I would have been able to make a tip selection for my warm-ups much better. Either way, got into there, started with squats. Um, precursor, just a little bit. This whole meet, um, I'm going to say this publicly now. It was me against Les Keys. Sure. Yeah, um, everybody knew it except for Les Keys, I guess, <laughs> because... Uh, he was uh, very problem for not knowing it. He was very confident coming in, thinking he was going to win, and um, he made that abundantly clear both in weighing in and uh, and in the warm up room area, whatever. Uh, went in for my first squat, and I felt pretty good. I was a little unsure, kind of kind of felt a little weird. Squats, obviously, not my not my strong point. I went in there and I squatted. Tell you what. He's got the lifts. I have the lifts. He's got them. I'm going to pull them up real quick because Joe sent me the the attempt selection. And most of, all of my openers were the same. The only thing I adjusted was, I think, last attempts. Um, so 232.5 kilos on the first squat. And it went well enough. Like, no issues. I was fine. Uh, I made sure to hit squat depth. Cause I was like, I'm not missing an opener for death. So I, I made sure to sink it, get it up. Three white lights. Everything's good. Get ready for my next attempt. I believe, I believe I went with 250, 250 kilos and, uh, got it. Felt pretty good. Prior to this, I'm going to tell this story. Les Keys was back there and, uh, he said, that he went up 15 kilos for a second attempt hoping to jump somebody. I was the person that he was trying to jump. He didn't jump me. Uh, <laughs> so just, just throwing that out there for anybody who was you interested. Did, just to be clear, you didn't get jumped. I did not you get jumped. You did not get jumped. No. Les By the 15-kilogram plan to jump you did not jump yes. you. Yes. Okay, this, sure. this is correct. <laughs> so he, he went in for his second squat, and I, I, I still hate this for him because – it sucked. Yeah, you but, never want to see anybody get hurt. But he tore his quad. Um, he did something that's pretty unprofessional. He dumped the bar, jumped forward. Um, you're not supposed to do that. I know. I know. I'm sure it was painful, right? I'm sure it sucked. But you're supposed to let the spotters take it off of you. He didn't get disqualified, probably because he's less keys and people know his name. That's story for another day. Um, but you know. The bar, the bar hit the ground. Fortunately, no spotters were hurt. There were only a few of them. So if a spotter got hurt, we were kind of fucked because um, they didn't have enough volunteers. Um, anyway, hate hate to see it because at, at the end of the day, I wanted to beat him at his best. Yeah. That's and that's just the truth of it. Um, but I came in next with a two fifty kilo squat. Got it. Everyone was a little nervous. Um, I noticed that the spotters were a lot closer to me on that one and everybody else moving forward on squats. But um, got it, no big issues, nothing nothing major. I ended, I don't know the kilos because I, I didn't go with Joe's original plan on any of the third attempts. Um, but I went with 572. I don't know what that converts to kilos. Um, but I went with that. And I'm going to be honest, I cut the depth a little high, and I did that because I saw a dude cut depth really high, and I was like, there's no way they're not going to white light him and not white light me. 
So I went ahead and cut the depth a little high. I still got three white lights. So I don't know if maybe I just squat too deep or if they were just generous calls. Gener generous or everyone was surrounding, like, because the spotters were like hovering us. So maybe they couldn't see hip crease as well. But I cut it a little high. Um, still got three white lights. After that, I felt great. Like, squats are out of the way. I'm like, I'm ready to win now because, like, bench and deadlift are where I win. That's the reason why I set two state records because, <laughs> yeah. like, that's where I win. Um, I was the the final – I was the heaviest opener. I was the last bench press all day. Uh, nobody jumped me three for three. I opened with – Did he finish, by the way? Let's keep. He did. He did finish. He went and he benched three thirty, I believe. Um, one hundred four pounds left. One hundred four pounds left. Was that what it was? Three thirty. A uh, hundred and six. Well, whatever it was. Um, whatever. Whatever kilo conversion. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Just openly airing that out there. I opened with 175. It's, it's funny. I was talking to this other 242 all day because he like there was three 242s. I didn't even know he was a junior at the time because he looked like a grown ass man. Like, I was like, when I found out he's a junior, I was like, bro, what the fuck? Uh, he's gonna. I, I wish I remember his name, but he's gonna be really good one day. Um, he won. He ended up winning juniors um, overall. I think he had a 1500 pound total, and I was like, kids, kids good. Kids good. Um, Open with 175, and the reason why I mentioned that is because he was the one who came up and he was like, oh, you're the guy who's opened up with 175. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to try and break the state record today. And he was like, okay. And <laughs> just kind of like wandered off from there. Um, so I went for one, I think it was 191, whatever. No, it was 190, I'm sorry. I went with 190 on my 187 and a half. On your second attempt? On my second attempt. Um, or 190. I can't remember. Either, either way, either way, I uh, nailed it. Super easy. I already told you I went three for three. Um, clipped the state record at 198, and like it flew, dude. I could have hit possibly the national record. Uh, it was like 451 or 452 or something. It flew. Everyone around me was like shocked. They were like, holy shit. He broke the state record at an RP7. Like, Bacon and beer bells. Uh, what's his name? Jonathan Oldham. Jonathan Oldham. He looked at me and was like, dude, you had a lot more than that. I was like, I didn't even know it was going to move that fast. <laughs> like, bro, I, I would have put more on there if I'd known. Um, and there was another gentleman who's a coach. I uh, forget his name. Uh, he also complimented me on it, which was pretty cool. I got a lot of compliments on that bench press. Um, which was cool. It was nice. Broke the state record. Feeling Still really good. Now I'm nervous because deadlifts are coming up and deadlifts have sucked ass, bro. <laughs> you heard the whole story. Deadlifts have sucked ass all prep. So going into warm-ups, I'm just kind of like playing. Like, I don't know what I need to do. I don't even know what I'm going to be able to hit. I don't know what my attempt selection is going to be. So I just kind of winged it. Um, warm-ups didn't feel great. I was already having some lower back, not pain, but like a lower back pump from, uh, excuse me, from the squats. And I actually had some cramping. I didn't mention this. I had cramping during my warm-ups on bench press. So I actually wore a belt through all of my bench presses, which I don't normally do. 
which also always makes Desi nervous because she's like, he never, he never benches in a belt. So it's weird. Yeah. Like it's just not what I normally do. Um, but it, it, it helped keep the, uh, my core tight, which helped keep the, um, yeah, a little less cramping. Um, I was still feeling it even on some of my, I think it was on my first and second attempt. I still felt cramping in my lower back, but it was just like, I had so much power in my chest and triceps that I was able to get it so quickly that it never became a factor. Um, anyway, going, going backwards, going back to deadlifts, uh, still feeling a little weird, but I was getting through them. Uh, I don't remember if I was the last deadlift opener, but I was definitely the last deadlift of the day. So I broke the state record twice. I clipped it on the second attempt because I just wanted to make sure if I missed my third that I still had it. Um, but I opened up with 262 and a half, went uh, 280. 286 or 287 and a half, I think, or maybe it was 290 something. 288 to clip it, I think. And then I went 300, which Joe said 302 and a half, and I undercut it and I went 300 um, because I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get it. And I did get it. It wasn't, it was probably the hardest lift of the day. And it may have just made myself tired. I didn't eat a ton because it was moving so fast. I didn't really have an opportunity to like eat. I had a protein shake and like some gummies and stuff, like just kind of like snacking. Um, I brought pop tarts and peanut butter, and I had had these plans. And I was like, I'm going to eat this during like a, a flight where I don't have to do anything. There was only two flights, so there, it was just like you warm up, you lift. You warm up, you lift. So it was like really fast, and I didn't have an opportunity to eat really anything it was snacking and hydration and protein shakes and just trying to make sure i wasn't gonna just pass out or have a bad bad lift because i didn't have any carbs or anything but anyway um that's pretty much how it went uh the only thing i didn't mention was my and this this is another credit to joe um the day of i took a one milliliter injection of nectar which is choline carnitine and i also took max uptake along with my oral <clears throat> and i do think that made a difference in my performance of the day i did not take any atp which i said i was considering but i just never i never bought it so i, ne I didn't take it but that i feel like that did help it did give me a good push um it probably I don't want to say it saved my day, but it definitely made my day a lot easier. <clears throat> so I talked for a long time. So what do you, do you have any thoughts or anything? No, I mean, other than I just wish I would have been there because um, it does help. <clears throat> if I would had Joe's plan and like seeing, I know you said on some things he was a little bit more aggressive, seeing you execute X amount really, really well. I could have been like 302 and a half is okay. You got right. us, you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. whatever the attempt selection may have been, yeah. you know what I mean? So I hate it for you that we left weight on the table because I was sick. Right. <laughs> but I had another lifter there that day too, so I hate that. I, you know, that's the first time he's had to fly solo. Yeah. And that's, uh, he's a master's lifter, but it, that still matters because he still broke records. Mm -hmm. He still, uh, you know, he still had a really good day, but um, I just don't like missing y'all shit. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't really like that. So, um, 
it makes me feel a lot better that she went nine for nine. But you know, had that day been worse, I would have felt quite a bit of guilt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> having not been there. Not to say that it would have been any better with me there, but it's it's always a little less bad when you have somebody with you. Yeah, um, someone to lean on. Which I had some family um, there. Desi was there. Yeah. Uh, Cora was there. So, and sometimes I have somebody that understands. Yeah, no, no offense to them. Desi understands. I yeah, you know, but. Um, and you know, it's that, funny because she, I didn't really talk to her in between lifts. I wish I had because she would tell me, she'd be like, those looked really easy. You could do more. Yeah. Like, and she would tell me this after the fact. And I'm like, yeah, but in the moment, I just don't know. And I just don't want to miss it. Well, that's anything. what's helpful about me and you is me and you see pretty, we pretty much see all of each other's major lifts. Mm-hmm. Um, even with you being with Joe, we've, I've seen every major lift you've done this prep and vice versa. Like I know I can tell by the way something moves even if it feels bad to you, I can tell that, hey, I can tell you, hey, that was actually like a seven and a half. Like, right. you can, I know what your slow looks like and what your fast looks like. And we could have, mm-hmm. we could have adjusted to that. But, but I mean, you're talking about the difference of, at the end of the day, you're probably talking about the t- difference of 10 or 20 pounds in your total, which is big still. But, you know, just, um, just to put this in perspective, though, 10, I think, I think it was like, I think it was, I think it was 10 kilos is what I was off for the state record total. So it, it could have been in the cards. You know, it, you're it, at two and a half on deadlift. Maybe you get two and a half, five more kilos on squat. Maybe you get that five extra kilos on, you know, on bench. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I tell people this all the time, and this is not the way a lot of professional uh, professionals look at it, and that's fine. But we also have to have something to build off of. I like a nine for nine day. I would rather sit around, talk about what might have been than sit around and console your feelings and yeah help you put yourself back together after a five for nine day you know you know you know I mean, what i mean like i would rather uh i would rather wonder what you know what might have been if we had more in the tank that's just that we're always going to work hard and prep but that's that little bit less that we have to do the next prep yeah you know what i mean or accomplish the next prep like i like especially these local meets i like winning with something in the tank yeah and that's uh, your second time in a row to do that at the same meet but, like, I like the fact that, you know, maybe there was maybe there was 10 or 20 more kilos in the cards. And, like, next time, that 10 or 20 is going to turn into 30 or 40. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a, that's a big thing. So I don't think that can be discounted. I really don't. Yeah. And also, we're family men now, and we do have to put it in perspective a little bit. Like, <clears throat> it is our sport. I don't mind risking my body for my sport. You probably don't mind risking your body for your sport. But we still have little girls to take care of mm-hmm. and still got to be able to get around the house and stuff yeah. uh, when it's over with. So I don't think there's anything wrong with a nine for nine day. No, I, I agree. Um, and at the end of the day, I accomplished the things that I felt were accomplishable, um, which squat, uh, bench and deadlift did feel like I was going to hit the state records. The total was iffy about, didn't know, could have gotten it, but that's, that's hindsight. Well, hypothetically, if you go 302 and a half and you miss it, the last lift that you made was 290. That's a 12 and a half kilogram swing. Yeah. Um, because you wanted two and a half more on your deadlift. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have to be careful about attempt selection because you want to net as much as you can. But if, <clears throat> if you attempting something you've never done before ends up being, instead of a two and a half kilogram net gain, if it ends up being a 12 and a half kilogram net loss. Yeah. Um, two and a half against 12 and a half is not a good bet. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? So when you could have made the 300 and got and walked away with 10 more kilograms, right? you know what I mean? Like that's not a good, 
not a good trade. That's not a good yeah. gamble. You know, now if you got a coach, a coach or a handler there looking at you and saying this was an RP eight, you can go seven hundred if you want to at least pull six eighty. Like maybe that's different, but mm-hmm. you didn't have that that day. Right. You know I mean? So I think you did everything. Everything I could with what I had. Yeah. Um, it was all based on feeling. So it was just kind of like making sure that I accomplished what I came there to accomplish. You know, I still won overall. You know, yeah. that that was the biggest thing. I told myself I want to that win. That was a first for you, yeah. too. I wanted to win so. overall because um, I've, I've never – I've always won my weight class, even when I was the weakest I'd ever been because yeah. um, nobody else competed. But, you know, I'd always won my weight class. I've never won overall. So this first overall win is, is nice. It was only – 20-something lifters, you know, and it was a local meet. It wasn't, like, high competition, but it still felt good to go out there and, and you Well, know. you know, Ron posted about something like this. He's talking about some kid getting hopped up about a deadlift or something in the story. Mm-hmm. But, like, breaking a state record or qualifying for nationals or something like that, those may – the powerlifting community seems so small because everybody's attached on social media to these mm-hmm. things. But, like, those little things are things that most powerlifters never see. Yeah. So, like, it is a big deal right. that you broke records and you won your first local meet and that you qualified. You know, you have a qualifying dots and stuff yeah. now. Like, are you going to win if you go to nationals? Me and you both know that you're probably not going to win. Yeah. I mean, the goal is, though, to eventually get there. Right. And you can't you can't go win at nationals until you've qualified for nationals. <laughs> right. And you probably can't win nationals until you've got your teeth kicked in a few times at nationals. Right. So, <clears throat> it's not a little thing. Yeah. Regardless, you know what I mean. It's not, not they were they weren't small accomplishments, right? No. You know, they were still pretty fucking huge, and you've already accomplished more than what most of us will see. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, which it is cool. It's cool to be able to uh, see all this come to fruition on one day because you think about all the trial and the tears and the sweat and the blood that you pour into this sport all for one day because that's really what it one is. Day. It's it's one day. It's nine lifts. It's nine minutes. Like you put nine all, minutes if you if you're slow. Yeah, nine <laughs> minutes if you're slow. Like, yeah, I mean, that's you have a total of nine minutes. That's three hundred and sixty five, three hundred sixty four days for in, in exchange for nine minutes. Yeah, that's so. that's that's the trade off. Yeah. Like really, that is, and you know, so you have to, you do have to be appreciative and take perspective in that. Um, but you also have to realize, just because you've done these things, it doesn't mean it ends. It doesn't mean it stops. You can't just be like, I want to meet, I'm done. I mean, you can if you want to, but if you want to continue to grow, it has to be like, I did win, but now I got to win at a what, bigger event. Like, what if there's 50 people at the next one? Right. Or 100, you know, yeah. um, which is crazy. Um, thinking about past events and stuff and how I've done and what all it took to get here and, you know, Man, you four went from- years. Twelve hundred uh, to sixteen, to six, and nearly seventeen, and four like, years, four in four years. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you've added a hundred pounds a year. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, the whole time you've been doing this. So I mean, really, it's not been four because your first meet was beginning of twenty twenty. So right, I started know, at the back end of twenty nineteen. Yeah. That's when I really started powerlifting. Yeah. That's when I got with you and started learning how to power. But on the platform, you've done it in less than four. Yeah, three, you know, three and a half. Uh, th- it's pretty three and a half years. You know, so it's pretty close to four because my first meet was in February. February yeah. So we got to think we're four months out from the time you competed. You'd have been four months out from February. So three and a half yeah. years. Yeah. So it's 
pretty incredible. Um, pretty meteoric. We've, we've talked about that before with you, but uh, especially coming from somebody that, that bench pressed more than they squatted yeah. the first six months you were with there's, Maybe there's a reason why I'm, I'm still doing really well on bench press. Probably because I was a bro for so long. I was a bro for like freaking uh, since 2012. I mean, it's, it's paid off. 2012 to 2019? I mean, I, seven I, years of bro work? Bench press may be, um, it may be the underrated lift in our sport, but I mean, you think about, you think about yourself, but then you think about higher levels, like nobody fucks with John, nobody can fuck with John Hack, and it's because he bench presses nearly 600 pounds mm-hmm. at 198. Yeah. Like, is he a great squat? Yeah, he's a great squatter. He squatted 800 pounds. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but like every pro squats 800 pounds now. Yeah. Like, bench press 900, that's, that's not <laughs> uncommon. The deadlift 900, yeah. Yeah, is that um, what I... You said bench press. <laughs> oh, sorry. That'd be nice. <laughs> that, that would be nice. That'd but be I mean, insane. like, but, you know, the, the, that lift is separating people from yeah from the rest of the herd right now. I mean, and it really you, is. Well, you think about it. Bench, bench, bench too. I mean, that's another... He's another fantastic bench presser at a lightweight. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he has a huge squat, and he has a decent deadlift, but, man... The bench 181, the 181 pound dude bench press is 500 pounds like what the fuck are you gonna build like that right like that's that's huge dude most people his size even elite lifters his size have 380 pound bench press you know what i mean so i mean he's like night and day above everybody else like it's it's really interesting to think about that because your squat and your deadlift are like going to grow faster than your bench press because there are bigger muscle groups yeah. involved right and they're they're similar too so you're when you're building one you're probably building the other yeah. to an extent. so your capacity <laughs> is better that's why that's why people bench press more than they are more often yeah than they squat and they deadlift because that movement you don't you don't get much other than a little bit of leg drive and some glutes in your in your bench press yeah so like maybe some upper back when you're pressing down but I mean, it's primarily chest, tricep, shoulders. Like yeah. that is the prime mover. Yeah. You don't you don't get that lift from either either the other lifts. So yeah. you have to practice it more. And I feel like the reason why it separates, like as it gets bigger, is because these lower body lifts are just going to advance quicker and faster than your bench press. Well, you got twice as much volume on them. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it is. I mean, it is what it is. Like most things. We talked about this before, but I've, I mean, I've gone, I've taken as long as sixteen weeks off a of deadlift and then grown my deadlift by squatting three times a week. Yeah. So I mean, well, squatting super heavy fucking T-bar rows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you got to keep your grips grip yeah. strong. Like if you're hurt, and, you know, you can't deadlift. But I mean, that's the only lift I can grow and never touch it. Yeah. Like I mean, it is what it is. It's not ideal, but you know. Right. But you still get. But you, you still get plenty of stimulus from. All the back movement you do, and then all the squat movements you do, you yeah. still get plenty of that kind of stimulus. So just as glutes, squats, even as a conventional puller, yeah. I mean, even more so, I'm sure if you're a single puller, you know. Right. But, I mean, it just is what it is. But I don't know, man. I mean, I think knocking on the door of, I mean, I think 1750's got to be the next goal, right? Yeah, uh, that was kind of originally that was the goal this meet, but um, just every, life happened and things got in the way, so it wasn't in the cards, but. Um, seventeen fifty is is definitely one of my goals, and it's primarily six hundred pound uh, squat and a seven hundred pound deadlift. Those are those are what I really want. And then obviously getting a four fifty on bench shouldn't be a problem because I feel like I by the you time feel I, like you're just a few weeks out from that now. Right? Well, not now, but uh, but on meat day, on mean, meat day, I I might could have gotten four fifty. Yeah. Like it moves so well, I don't know, but. Um, 
We definitely got a. I can tell you this from this conversation. We both of us definitely have a squat deficiency because, mm-hmm. like, that was my only squat. That four fifty one was my opening squat this last meet, yeah. and I know I got hurt, but and it would have would have been heavier. But there's definitely uh, we need to be better squatters. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that's that is something that's that's lacking. Um, mm-hmm. What's crazy is I address it in my in my in my clients' volume and stuff, but it seems like um, it's a weird thing. I feel like uh, I feel like your lifters take on your own. Yeah. Your own problems sometimes. <laughs> in a sense, like and I have a lot of huge bench pressers and huge deadlifters, and Austin's my only big squatter. Big squatter, yeah. It is what it is. Well, also, it, it also is leverages, you know, and uh, depth. You know, trying trying to hit depth when you're a little more long legged. Yeah, it's just really challenging. It's a lot more to move, a lot further to move. It takes a lot more energy. You got to have more power. You have to really hone in on your technique. Um, which, uh, something, cause we both know Desi has super long legs. So the biggest help for her getting, uh, more power out of her squats and keeping her body more upright has been her upper back yeah. pushing through her upper back. Cause she just didn't really think about it in the past. She was just all legs all the time yeah. and it, it was fatiguing. So as soon as we introduced upper back 